Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again, folks. Broadcasting live with his tin cans and a brand new string from a top old smoky. It's Ben, the king of wiener slingers, with a fancy co-host with important guests and the best answers a third grade education can buy. All for you. Sponsored by Mobile Food Vendors Association, Ben'sCarts.com, Whiskey by the Jug and Donuts. You are so in for a treat today. But if I told you now, I'd have to kill you. So stay tuned. Ben's as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Stand by. He's downing his last glass of liquid courage. And he'll be live in 30 seconds. Want to save even more money? Build your own professional hot dog cart. Save over $1,000. Buildacart.com. Buildacart.com. Welcome, welcome to Hot Dog Vendor Radio. We are live, and we have Jason and Rob on the line. How are you doing tonight, guys? Hello. What's going on, guys? We um we've got a good show planned. We've got um I know that we have a guest caller tonight um from one of the Mobile Food Vendor Association um partners and we have some um information we're going to try to squeeze out of Jason tonight. If y'all haven't seen the blog, um we're going to get you caught up on the blog. The blog is um over at learnhotdogs.com. And it's the most recent post. I think it's the third one down because there's two that are nailed to the top. And you will be able to um, take a look at Jason's setup. So tonight when the show's over or during the show, um, swing on over there and take a look, and you'll kind of get an idea of what we're talking about. Um, A lot of marketing tips, a lot of ideas, and going above and beyond with your hot dog cart business. We have... um, in the news, I, I have heard um, someone sent me an article that the girl that um, or lady that did the um, hot dogs plus system um, that she was arrested for. She <laughs> she is back vending. There was an issue with her license. She was shut down, and I heard she is back. The I could not find a reputable source for that. Um, I did find a link, but it was at, um, what is it, Dig It or something, you know, where they post up news articles. Yeah. And um, we're going to discuss another topic tonight um, and go over some questions that have been um, called in um, to the listener feedback line. We've created a listener feedback line, so if you have a question or comment um, or you want to sing us a song, you can go to, um, I think it's it's listed on the third and fourth blog article at learnhotdogs.com. It's a, I don't know, 615 number. You can call anytime and leave a message. I heard today from a guy that tried to leave a message and it cut him off. It doesn't give him a so, we're going to call them and see if we can straighten that out and get you um, where you can leave a longer message or a question for us. And then we're going to play those live. 
So at some point tonight, I'll um, give you those numbers. I don't have them in front of me to be able to tell you, but I'll get them. Now, take two. Give me some. Uh, give me some updates on um, Mobile Food Vendor Association. Well, let's see. We added a couple new things you know, on the discount page. Uh, we got that deal squared away with SalesView and Mercury Payment. Uh, they have dropped the minimum to ten and no contract, and they're giving us uh, the opportunity that if some of these guys aren't year round, can basically lay up for the months they're off without any kind of issue. So that's one. Uh, we got kidstuffupthere.com. Uh, there's a deal from them on the kids' meal stuff. We have uh, Sunshine Joy. Hold on just a second. You said you could lay off. Um, what do you What do you mean as far as um, with the card processing? Um, what do you mean? Basically, uh, basically, you know, you'd be shut down so they wouldn't be charging you a monthly fee because, you know, some of our guys are up north and things and out in the northwest – you know, they might not run all year round, you know. So basically we arranged it so that they can basically put their uh, account on hold. I mean, we don't have a contract, but um, they still, you know, they would expect you to do them monthly. Well, if you're not operational, there's no reason you should have to pay them monthly. So that was one of the things we worked out with them, and they agreed to that. So basically all the guys have to do would be call and say, hey, I'm, you know, shutting down as of the end of this week or the end of this month. And then you're basically shut down. And then uh, when you're ready to go, you call them a week ahead of time or a couple of days ahead of time and say, hey, I'm opening up next week. And they basically turn the uh, service back on for you. And that way you're not uh, paying a fee for the time you're down through the winter. So that was really nice. Uh, one of the other ones would be uh, Sunshine Joy for the shirts. Um, still working on the propane deal. And also still trying to finish up Aflac. Uh, I hope to have the super flags done tomorrow. Uh, they've created our own little entry on the website uh, with all the flags and products that they think we would need and the bases and things. I hope to have that finished up tomorrow, and as soon as we do, we'll get that on there. Um, then also the insurance. we got the program squared away with FLIP, and uh, vendors can basically get a $1 and $2 million liability policy for uh, – Two ninety nine with an additional ten thousand in the marine covers to cover equipment, and uh, you can bump the in the marine for an additional one seventy nine. You can bump it up to like fifty thousand for the guys that have enclosed trucks, trailers, you know, bigger things, and uh, you know that deal's on there. So I mean, we're we're cruising along, got some pretty good stuff going. So where everybody needs to go if is go to the member only section of org. And yep. the details will be there. Now, um, you said the kid stuff, the um, insurance. Um, I, I, see, the insurance blows my mind. I've been paying, and it's even in my book, about $50 a month. Now, it's a $2 million policy, but don't let that fool you. It's actually a $1 million policy um, per $2 million aggregates, basically, is $2 million you know, total in a year. But my experience with insurance companies is, is if you file a claim, um, you won't have a chance to use it twice. But um, you need to be insured. Um, Rob, if you go back in the episodes, Rob has talked um, a ton on insurance and the benefits of having it, not to even 
serve the first hot dog without it. Now, I don't hear stories, and you would think that I would. I talk to a lot of vendors every day, and, and you would think that I would hear stories of a, you know, if there was a claim or somebody, you know, got burned, and I haven't heard any stories. I've heard of people getting rear-ended. Um, so you do want to make sure you're, you're covered that way, too. Now, does this policy for two ninety nine a year, does it include coverage for your, um, like your cart going down the road, or is that something that's covered through your automobile? That should be through your automobile. Uh, this this would cover basically your food liability insurance, and then the inland marine policy would be like, uh, you know, you had your iPhone with you and you dropped it in the water. Um, guys have generators, sometimes a generator. Basically, it's your goods, your equipment. You know, it's explained on the website, too. Uh, the other one I forgot to mention was uh, Kloss. Um, we, they're basically a gold metal distributor. They've got uh, syrups and a lot of other things. Uh, the contact there, they're giving us 15% off. Uh, we're trying to arrange gold metal so that people will get it shipped from the closest. But right now, it's going to ship out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. So I am working to try and get that set up for nationwide, that the products will be shipped from the closest gold metal distributor. That way, hopefully, the members can save on shipping. So. Well, that'll be a that'll be a huge savings. Um, tell us ab- about the the one I think you mentioned just a minute ago that when you were going through these, and and I know that the I went over just now and looked. There's like five or six new um, sponsors partners. And uh, yeah, because we got the eighty uh, percent off the professional logo on flyers now. That's in there. Um, we already know about hotheads. Uh, Kidstuff.com. Uh, that's basically. I think they have an eighty-some page catalog now, and that's just all this different stuff for basically kid meals. Everything from bags to coloring books to toys, games, all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, I actually got some stuff from my kid meals there to fit in with my theme. You know, there are these little, uh, like, PW buses that fold up, and that's where you can serve the kid's meal in, and then I have these little bendable hot dog figures they call Fantastic Franks. And uh, that's what I use for my kid meals. I think I post pictures of that stuff. So, but, I mean, they have a ton of different stuff. So if anybody, you know, is doing a lot with kids, you know, working at a daycare event or something like that, you know, uh, the prices are pretty reasonable, so you should check it out. You know, contact information there. And now, one of them that you mentioned had um, the the one that does the discounts on gold medal, but they also have a ton of products. Um, when you go to their website, they cotton candy already containered. Um, yes, two I different sizes I'll- there jump in. I've always been scared. When I did cotton candy, I had to do it on cooler days because I, I bought it in the bags and yeah. uh, the bags, it it started to um, I don't know um, Crush down. Well, not just crushed down, but it, it got wet looking. Yeah, it's it like, it 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 wet. It's yeah. wet. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are sealed containers. I think, Rob, Rob, you're doing these, right? Yep. And they're, you're getting pretty good shelf life out of them too, right? I mean, yeah, that, those containers uh, right here yeah, are pretty sealed. Each 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 company's a little different. I don't know which company they carry, but most of them are like air sealed, um, um, so they'll last like a year. As long as you're not having them in direct sunlight, I, you know. I posted uh, and talked about last, I think last show. I bought these little um, uh, cont- uh, display racks 
uh, I call it a rack. It's display. It's made of wire, but it holds uh, six tubes of that stuff. And you know, I hang it from my umbrella, so it's kind of under the shade anyway. Um, but you know, I've not had any issues at all with carrying it in this, and we're having you know 100 degree weather um, here in North Carolina, so I haven't had any issues out of it. So um, yeah, it's a good thing. You know, I don't know what they're charging, uh, but I charge about 275 um, on my cart for the. Um, uh, it's a two. I carry a two ounce container of, of the stuff, so it's two ounces of cotton candy, and I charge two seventy five, which is the same price I charge for my hot dogs. Uh, I try not carrying things that I can cost that cost less than a hot dog, uh, but the margins are very similar, or maybe even a little better, um, and is what I do. So now, now if um, <laughs> I got something funny, I'll tell you um, the. That was my my problem is that it would sweat or uh, as one of my children says, damped up. Um, he he came home from school, you know, a couple months ago, and he was just covered in sweat. And he said, uh, "Dad, I am all damped up," and <laughs> he was soaked in sweat. But um, I I want to um, let's see, I want to cover. So if you haven't been over there. Um, to the MFVA um, exclusive partner page recently. You may want to check it out. There's a bunch of new stuff that can save you money. If you want to add something unique to your cart, there's some cool products. And I've tried the Hotheads, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago. That was fantastic, still using it. And um, we've had you know hot weather as well, so it's... Um, no, it's going to come in handy. Now, um, the number that I wanted to give y'all a little bit ago is 615-296-0384. That number is anytime you want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call that number and leave a message. It's a listener feedback line. And be aware that we may play back your message live on the air or the recorded edition live on the air and answer that question. So if you've got a question that isn't, um, you know, crucial to get answered immediately or you just have a comment to make or a tip you'd like to share, um, call that number. And um, and I guess nowadays most people don't pay for long distance. You know, if you have a cell phone, it's, uh, I think everybody's got free. You don't ever hear long distance anymore, but um, I guess it still exists. But Anyway, 615-296-0384, and we'll be right back. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the host or the station is engaging in rendering legal, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. Since the details of your situation are fact-dependent, you should additionally seek the services of a competent professional. Have you ever wondered why the guy selling hot dogs always seems so happy? Hello, Mrs. Smith. Hello, Mr. Johnson. Can I interest either of you in a hot dog? Do you want to find out why? LearnHotDogs.com. Get free video training, earn points, and get free stuff. Read Ben's hot dog blog and more. The premier source for hot dog vending information. Go to LearnHotDogs.com. What you like to tell? 
And we're back on Hot Dog Vendor Radio HDVR. The chat room is open. Um, Jody Easley um, messaged um, us about doing it over on the MFVA site so that everybody could be in one spot. If you would like to join in the chat room, um, please go. You don't have to be a member. Go to my, M-Y, M-F-V-A. That's the acronym for Mobile Food Vendor Association. So it's org. Click the chat icon and chat away. I think there's about 10 in there right now. Um, somebody just texted me. And so um, feel free to uh, chat it up, keep it clean, and be nice. Um, let's see, let's see. I have a question that someone sent me. And I thought this was kind of cool. Um, it was a good question. I get a lot of the same questions all the time, and this one was um, unique. I don't get it a lot. Uh, I've not had it worded this way. He says, I know carts are your thing, so I mean no offense here. But to me, this cart is an experiment to see if quality sells in this area. So far, it certainly does. People were standing in line at times and were ordering five and six dogs apiece. One guy ordered 20 in one shot. So, if this continues to be a success, I'd like to buy a small piece of property, quit my full-time job, and graduate up to a shop. Talking about a brick-and-mortar shop. He says, in your experience, if you were as limited as I am with cart locations... And he says, remember, I can only do this one spot in my entire region and only on the weekends. I'd like more details on that. But um, how would you gauge whether to graduate up to a shop or keep it on weekends only? Um, would each of you like to field that one? Rob, I'll let you take the first thing at that one. Well... He may want to try reaching out to um, a gentleman uh, out of Colorado. We've actually had him on the show. He he started out with one cart, um, and um, you can look him up on his website. Um, and I just had uh, brain freeze. Um, Biker Jim. Biker Jim. Yeah, thank you. Um, he did. He started out with one cart. What five or six years ago, Ben? Something like that. And graduated, I think, two carts and then one restaurant and possibly even two restaurants by now. And I think he was looking at kind of maybe doing a franchise-type setup with his restaurant. And he's got two but, food trucks now. Yeah, yeah food trucks. Yeah, he's got, you know, all kinds of things going on. Jim's uh, pretty accessible within reason. Um, if this person would want to, is listening and wants to reach out and send him a text message or email or something, I'm sure he would kind of give him a little bit of advice, but, uh, uh, you know, think about the brick and mortar. Uh, wow. I mean, uh, first off, you got to be able to have a strong following, and I don't think somebody working, what would you say, one day a week, Ben? Yeah, weekends. Yeah. yeah. I, he's talking about, um, yeah, just weekends. If, if you're running one day a week, two day a week, and I'm talking weekends, I don't care what day it is, um, I, I just don't think you can have a strong enough following to convert that into a brick and mortar and say, I can do it. Um, uh, you, you about have to be somebody that's uh, 
been in, a, in one location working, you know, four or five days a week. Um, I was reading a story the other day about a guy that, uh, uh, or maybe it was even a gal, that had been selling hot dogs on the same street corner for like 12 years. And she's obviously got her, he's obviously got a following. That's a good barometer to say, hey, and, and talk to all their folks and say, hey, I'm thinking about opening up a, a brick-and-mortar store. What do you think? And, oh, I'd love to. Just you know, tell us where it's at. We're glad to, you know, whatever. But it's really hard for me to judge. I don't know what kind of numbers he's doing. I don't know how many repeats he's doing. It's a real tough answer without a lot of stuff. Now, I will say this. Most people that's never been in the restaurant business, my dad always told me. My dad has always been supportive of anything I wanted to try or do. And I'm talking financially. But he always told me, son, go work it at least a year to two years and come back and see me, and I'll possibly give you the money to start whatever it is you want to do. So if you want to open up a restaurant, then great. Uh, go do um, uh, you know, that and uh, uh, come back and tell me how it is, and, and we'll look at the numbers and uh, that sort of thing. And um, that uh, is one of those uh, situations where I suggest anybody go work in the restaurant business because most people will tell you it's a lot of hours. And it's totally different than a cart, and that's the only thing I would be a little leery of. I kind of like the freedom of a cart, and most people tell you you work by the – if you look at the number of hours a person works owning a restaurant and the dollars they actually put in their pocket and go home with at the end of the week or month or year, um, they'll well, probably – I never saw dollars. I saw change. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, Jason knows. He's got the experience. But, I mean, the hours people put in – and I know people that own restaurants, and I'm talking everything from hot dog stands to whatever, uh, to, to full-fledged, nice, steak-type restaurants, to pizza places. I know quite a few of those owners, and, man, they sure do put in the hours, and I do mean a lot of them. Uh, so it's a little different, you know. I, I don't know, but I'll let you take it from here, Jason. Well, I don't think you could actually judge whether you could open a brick and mortar joint, I mean, I just don't know how you could, uh, you know, judge that. I mean, if, if and the other thing, I mean, we're kind of missing some info. Is this location near where you would like to open up the brick and mortar? Um, you know, there's just a, a lot of unanswered questions, I guess. But before I could really make a, I guess, an educated guess, I mean, me, I would say I would venture from uh, one day a week on a weekend to going to a brick and mortar. I mean. Talk about a lot of money, a lot of time. Uh, you know, that's why I got out of pizza years ago. The shops, I mean, it was just brutal. You always had to be there. Uh, you had to watch everything between your money. I mean, you know, if the pizza guy could kill you on a Friday night using too much cheese. You know, they could sink you. Um, so there's just so many other things. I mean, I don't know. I, I like the kiss theory, keep it simple, stupid. It works for me. So I, I guess uh, I, I would kind of recommend not going off that one-day-a-weekend thing to a brick-and-mortar. That just, to me, makes no sense. I, I wouldn't have enough information, and I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable uh, you know, doing that. Weekends because of a full-time job, um, I would say um, if the if the hot dog vending is doing good on the weekend, then odds are it'll do good somewhere on the weekdays. And I would, um, before I ever even quit the job or my job to go try the weekdays, I would take a hiatus from work, you know, take sick leave or whatever, 
try it for a while. Because if you have a good job, I mean, it's just not smart um, or safe to jump right in both feet first unless you have to. You know, in some of our cases, we were forced into it, and it paid off. But it took a lot of learning, a lot of work, and, and a lot of effort. But um, when you're at the bottom, everything looks good going up. And so, you know, it, but if you quit a good job with benefits to go sling hot dogs and you have a bad month, um, it doesn't look up. I would um I would say you know try it. I liked Rob's suggestion. Try it for a while. Um, be there a while before you make that decision. I do like the benefit of no matter you know if the crime rate goes up in one area, you can move. if you find a better location you can move with a cart with a trailer. But when you get a restaurant and he's talking about buying at land, you're you're stuck. You're married. And, yeah, you can get out, but probably at a loss. And there's many that are successful with it. I mean, they're successful restaurant owners. But I would sure want um, a lot of, um, I guess, demographics and, and do a lot of due diligence before I did it. And, that's the, you know, the hot dog business does does provide that. It gives you that ability to try different locations. That's true. Can't move that brick-and-mortar joint. Well, we have more questions. Um, we're going to take a short break, and then we will come back. And um, I think that we will be talking to a gentleman. I'm going to try to call him um, when we um, when we come back from break. And we've got some questions for him. He is one of the new partner sponsors that Jason hooked us up with. And we'll um, we'll take it from there. Also, if you're listening tonight and would like to call in live, you can call in and ask um, Jason or um, Rob or I any questions you'd like, or if you'd like to share a tip or have any advice, um, or even comment to one of the questions that have been submitted, please call 424-258-9364. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, welcome to the Space Dog Cantina. Can I take your order? Yeah, uh, two Space Dogs with ketchup. Did you say ketchup? Uh, yeah. You need to go to learnhotdogs.com and learn about space dog etiquette. Hey, easy. Plus, you can watch the free training videos. I'll go. Link to the radio show. And check out the selection of used cards they have. Used cards? You can also sign up and earn points and get free stuff. Free stuff? Yeah. You think I paid for all this stuff? Learnhotdogs.com. The best wiener website in the galaxy. Hot Dogs Saved My Life, the book. Everything you ever wanted to know about hot dog vending and probably some things you know. Available at benscarts.com forward slash book. Why spend 100 or more dollars when you can get it all for less than 30 bucks? Benscarts.com forward slash book. Get it? Read it and discover how you can cash in and change your life for good. Benscarts.com forward slash book. Do you like freebies and discounts? Then check out mymfva.org. You can get instant access to secrets that will supercharge your business. Gain instant eligibility to all MFVA sponsored giveaways and much, much more. 
For more details, visit mymfva.org. Contact the Mobile Food Vendors Association. Contact the Mobile Food Vendors Association. Yep, he's too sexy for his cart. It's Ben on HDVR Hot Dog Vendor Radio. Hey, folks, we're back live on Hot Dog Vendor Radio. If you'd like to call in, that number is 424-258-9364. Press option one to talk. If you'd like to just listen in, press one. Um, again, tonight, um, we have a record crowd, which is cool. And I thank everybody for listening. We even have some people from overseas listening. And um, they're supposed to be probably in bed or working somewhere, and instead they're listening in. We appreciate your um, support. And we're happy to help. If you have a question, please call in and ask. Or you can submit it to the um, listener feedback line that we have set up at 615-296-0384. And with that being said, um, I'm going to pull up another question. And then while you and Rob, um, Jason, you and Rob, Phil... Filled this question. I'm going to try to get a hold um, of Mike. Um, yeah, and see if we can get him on. Um, let's see here. Okay, this is a good question. Have you ever taken requests or suggestions? I had two or three people ask for sabrettes, red onions, this weekend. Another one or two asked for cooked onions. I'm debating whether to do something other than plain chopped white onions I currently have. I do have an open spot in my steam table for an onion of some sort. I've seen your Coke and Onions, which actually isn't my Coke and Onions. That's a um, one from Biker Jim that he stole from his buddy in Alaska. So um, feel <laughs> I have to give credit where credit's due. Um, and... His dad suggests Vidalias as well. Well, Vidalias, obviously, when they're in season, um, are the best to me. Um, but any white sweet onion is a good onion. But I'm going to let y'all feel that. I'm going to go um, on the back line and see if I can hook up. All right. So basically they want to know, I guess this guy's asking Rob, if uh takes requests from customers and then adds something just for that person. Um the red onions, I mean, I, I know you have a good plan for that. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, the basic idea of taking suggestions with a customer is a, a little twofold. You, you got uh, – because some people, it's like here, you know, I, I'm in the south, and, and I get very few requests for Chicago dogs. I get maybe one request every month to three months. You know, do you do Chicago dogs or, you know, whatever. Um, if you're not going to get enough requests for it, if you're getting asked for cheese, you know, three and four and five times a day while you're working and you don't carry cheese, obviously carry cheese. The onions, if you are, um, I, you know, I like onions for a multitude of reasons. They're, they're kind of versatile. A lot of people like them. Um, and when you're cooking them, depends on how you cook them, but no matter how you cook an onion, it's going to put off some smell. And uh, that um, that actually attracts customers. The smell of, of cooking onions usually, um, you know, is is pretty uh, 
pretty intense. Um, but the way, uh, you know, because I do Nathan's and kind of the, I don't say New York thing, because I sell probably 100 to 5 uh, uh, Southern style, North Carolina style, mustard, chili, and slaw variation over any other style hot dog I sell. But, you know, I kind of wanted to carry, and I've talked about this before, the um, red onions from New York that's pretty popular along with sauerkraut. Um, what I do is I cook onions because I do sausages anyway, um, like a Johnsonville or Hillshire Farms uh, type uh, beef sausage, and a lot of people like mustard and onions on that, cooked onions. So I par-cook my onions. I put them in the steam table um, on very low heat just to kind of keep them uh, at semi-temperature. I take them out of that um, per order and throw them up on a griddle grill and finish cooking them off real quick. takes about 20, 30 seconds. And then if I wanted to add red onion sauce, I keep it separate. I don't mix the onions with the sauce, which is the traditional way to do it. I keep the sauce uh, separate and then make it to order. So that's one thing you can do. Um, but as far as the request, onions, I say give onions a try in general, if that's the main question. If you're looking at general, uh, should I take requests, well, if you get enough requests. Um, because it's uh, you're going to wind up carrying a lot of extra things sometimes that. Uh, and matter of fact, I've cut, I've cut back on some things I offered. I offered two I offered two peppers when I first started a jalapeno and a pepperoncini, and I had very few requests for the pepperoncini, so I just quit carrying it all together. Um, so it kind of depends on how much request you're getting, uh, or if you think you can turn it into some kind of specialty dog that you think would have a good following, you know, like a Reuben dog. And so the only thing you got to carry extra because you're already doing crowd is maybe the Thousand Island Dresden or something like that that you could add. Yep. Now you did it, Rob. They're coming for you. No, I, th I think keeping that uh, red sauce on the side and having the onions like that, that's a slick idea. Yeah, uh, it's, it's I'm, not, I, I'm not sure who asked that question, what the name was, but for that person that asked, if you're listening, I mean, that might be a way to do it and, uh, you know, have some onions and peppers that you can mix for uh, broths and things like that or sausages. And then, like Rob said, you know, throw the onions up on the grill and then mix the sauce there. You know, it seems like a an awesome idea, you know. Cooked onions are fine if you're going to do – the only way, in my opinion, to do cooked onions, and I've done them a couple different ways, if you just put them in a – cook them in a steam pan – and don't have the access to a griddle-type setup, um, they they cook down pretty quick and get pretty mushy and pretty much just turn to mush um, after a while, um, unless you're doing high volume and you're moving through them pretty quickly. Uh, if not, you're going to have to you know, throw them out and start over and recook some more. Uh, but if you can par-cook them, and I just mean one to two minutes at the most where they just, they're, they're just turning, uh, not clear, but they're turning you know, just a little bit of color, um, but they're still a little crunchy, uh, then you can cook those off pretty quick. And uh, and I actually like leaving my onions a little crispy. Um, I still have a little bit of uh, natural snap to them or pop to them. From, I, don't, I don't like really mushy cooked onions. That's just not my thing. I like, because sometimes you cook the flavor out of an onion. So I, I like yeah. when it actually is it's still pretty firm. Uh, but, you know, you par cook it and then actually finish them off on the grill um, and your peppers the same way. Now, I always keep in mind peppers don't hold up quite as long as onions do typically. Um, they usually get mushy even quicker. But anyway, that's uh, that's my thing. You know, I, I, I like onions. I, I like offering them. Um, 
you know, some days I sell plenty of them. Some days I don't sell hardly any, and that's okay. Uh, onions are pretty cheap. I just went to uh, one of my suppliers today, and they were like, I don't know, buck fifty for a two-pound bag or something. They wasn't much. They're on sale. Um, so you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't. And everybody that when I start cooking onions, everybody, man, that smells good. Oh, that smells good. And they start coming around, and you know, whatever. Oh, so, bring them out. Oh, I was told by uh, I was fortunate to meet an old Greek guy that worked in New York on the streets uh, selling hot dogs for like 30 years, and he said they cooked onions all day long and threw them out. Literally, that's what, I mean. It was just part of their deal. They cooked onions, um, and it, what they didn't use, they just kept throwing them out. If they cooked them, if they didn't get sold, they just threw them out. But they kept cooking fresh onions almost all day long on their setup. He said, "You gotta." He said, "You gotta cook onions. You gotta cook onions." Like, that smell, man, just drives them crazy. Uh, he was pretty funny to listen to, but uh, nice guy. So we, that was his thing was cooking onions. We used to throw uh, right before lunch the wood fired oven. We used to throw a big hunk of uh, you know big clove of garlic in and let it actually burn in the fire and roast. Oh yeah. You know, and you'd be shocked how that just wafted through wherever you were, and people just literally followed their nose back to you. Oh, well, yeah. well, um, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. I'm Hello? Back. Can you hear me? We. Hello? Hello. Is it Michael? Hey. Yep, it is. Hello, folks. You're listening to Hot Dog Vendor Radio, and we have one of the sponsors for the Mobile Food Vendor Association on the line with us, Michael Adius, and he is going to share with us um, some information about catering. You are um, fortunate tonight. And you may not know him, but if you are associated with catering or you have had food trucks in the past, you have certainly heard his name. He is one of the foremost experts in catering and has provided an ebook free that um, normally sells for $20 online, is giving it to the members. And you'll be able to go to the members section. I think that's up now, Jason. Is it up? Uh, no, I believe we're going to post it right after the show. We're trying to keep, hold it to the show. Okay. Um, you'll be able to go to the member section after the show, and you'll be able to link to that book. Um, Michael, um, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I, I was getting hungry listening to Onion Talk. I'm a, I'm a hot dog. Uh, I'm a hot dog freak. I love hot dogs. Well, you're in the right place. You're among friends. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Welcome, Michael. Tell us hey, hey. a little about yourself, um, a little about your background. Obviously, we sure. we can't all have, have heard of everybody, and so I'm excited to hear um, your um, experience and your expertise in this field and how it can help us. Sure. So I started off in the restaurant business when I was 16 years old, washing dishes. Um, I did such a bad job they promoted me uh, to busboy. Um, and I worked my way through the restaurant business, and I don't know if you've ever heard of a place out of Na- uh, Memphis, Tennessee called Corky's Barbecue. I have. Yep, I worked for that family, grew up with their kids, worked my way through college. Um, after college, um, they started franchising. I was one of the first franchisees, opened it outside of Nashville, Tennessee, a little 104-seat place, and I started doing a lot of catering and, and learning, you know, how do you build a catering business, how do you run it, um, how do you make it happen? And we did a million a year in catering before I sold my, my restaurant um, uh, six years ago. And probably in the mid to late 90s, I started speaking and doing coaching groups and educational materials. 
and, you know, teaching my methodology to people. And we started a software company about four years ago. So we sort of, as we coin it, we're, we, it's like buying a catering franchise without paying 25000 and 5% of your sales. So we give people as much or as little help as they want. Um, and, um, you know, c- catering was, you know, it's very funny. I was thinking about this earlier today. Catering is like, you know, think about um, every business has their core business, and then they have another business that helps them out. You know, restaurants are getting into catering. Um, you know, Home Depot started off, you know, basically a, a large hardware store. Well, you know, a large portion of their revenues comes from installation now. So what they did is say, hey, what do we do well, and how can we leverage what we have? So, you know, for the listeners, you either have a, a, a cart or you have a mobile food truck, um, or maybe there's even some guys that have a, you know, you know, there's quite a few hot dog restaurants in our town. Um, and that's all they do. So you've got that overhead every month to cover. How else can you make money? And catering is a is a natural extension of that because you got the product, you're already there, you're prepping everything, um, and, and the overhead's covered. And guess what? Every time you go out there and you do a catering job, whether it's drop off or full service, you're getting paid to, to to market yourself. I mean, there's nothing else. There's no other advertising rep that's going to write you a check to advertise yourself. It's true. Okay. Very true. Uh, so right now, are you still providing um, assistance, um, guidance, those types of things? We do. Yeah, our company, um, you know, we sort of do as much or as little as people need us to do. You know, obviously everybody can go read our book. Um, and get advice for free. They can subscribe to our blog, get advice for free. Um, if they want coaching, consulting, our software, our systems, we license our marketing materials. Um, you know, you know, there's just so many opportunities. Even a guy that has a hot dog cart has got a tremendous amount of catering opportunities. Well, we. Um, that before give us give us a success story or a story that that is you know home to you that you can uh well i i don't know that per se i mean i work with lots of people you know from grocery stores to restaurants to you know all over the spectrum in the food arena but think about this you got a, you got a hot dog cart well you've got clients they come to you every day or however often eat with you, something as simple as putting together a catering menu into a, a drop-off hot dog bar. So maybe you can't handle a lot of them. Maybe you can. It picks up, and then you work out of a commissary or you work out of a church that you rent kitchen space from. But, you know, that's a, that's a great thing for a drop-off lunch. Hot dogs in a pan. You put the buns in a pan, all the toppings and condiments on the side. Potato chips, potato salad, coleslaw, drinks, and you know you got a nice little drop-off meal. Great for schools. I got to stop you there. I have never heard of doing drop-off catering. That's new to me. Um, Oh man, it's it it was two-thirds of our business. It's humongous. Every day there are people throwing parties, events, schools, churches, offices need food catering. Then aluminum pans. You know, just self-service buffet. It's real simple, great way to make money. Think about 
you know, one of the big niches we had at our restaurant, we did company picnics, and that would be from 50 people up to 5,000 people. Um, how many people, how many of these companies would love to have a hot dog stand on a Saturday afternoon next to the Jumpy Ride and the Snow Cone Man for the kids and the adults? We did hot dogs on our catering. It was the most popular thing. We'd grill them out, and more adults would eat them than kids. It was crazy. Um, that is, you know, that is unreal. That's an untapped market. Or yeah, so you you go out and you do a company picnic for two hundred people, and if you read my book, we'll talk about how to hit the large employers. Two hundred people. Let's say you just get five dollars a head. That's a thousand bucks just for going out there and serving some hot dogs for a couple hours on a Saturday afternoon. You got your money, rain or shine. It doesn't matter. They paid you, and I guarantee you out of that. Thousand bucks, you're putting five hundred bucks in your pocket. I dropped off. I dropped what? off my cart to a um, to a little tiny motel, and yeah. doing a Fourth of July celebration. And they have a liquor license, but they aren't allowed to have food. And yeah, I was able to do the Fourth of July event, but I dropped it off for them for two hundred twenty-five bucks, and they. Kept it till the next morning. And I picked it up, so I delivered it and picked it up. But I made two hundred twenty-five dollars for nothing, and they cleaned it. I didn't have to do. Oh anything. yeah, yeah. You know, um, I know Jim Silverman uh, with Vienna Beef is a supporter of the association. They Vienna Beef sells tabletop little steamers. It's almost like these one compartment steamers. I mean, you could even do a drop-off birthday party. You know, little Timmy's having a birthday party. And, you know, mom's getting the cake from, you know, Costco or the local bakery, and they're doing this and that. Why can't you do a drop-off birthday parties for kids and advertise that? I mean, there's just so many opportunities, and everybody's so pigeonholed. And I got this cart. It's sitting on this corner, you know, and this is all the money I can make. You're only limited by your imagination and your ability to get up off your butt and go find these opportunities because for most people – there's probably more opportunities in figuring out how to cater because guess what? Your competitors aren't doing it. You know, there's nobody that. Right. I mean, you're exactly right. We this show tries to to come up with the thing thinking outside the box, and we've been fortunate with some awesome people that have called in some vendors, successful vendors that have created some unique um, revenue streams from the hot dog vending business. Um, right. Normal on the corner vendor, and so this oh, opened my eyes. You know, Completely. Yeah. What, what What about doing uh, fundraising for uh, high school sports? I mean, pull up your card at a football stadium, a basketball game, give a percentage back to the school. There's just so many opportunities. You know, you, you know, you, you can't even go after them all. And you know what? It all starts with that core group of business that you have coming in, just letting them know that hey, we cater. And, you know, I'm guessing most people don't capture text message, you know, uh, uh, cell phone numbers or email addresses, so you have a way to communicate with your customers. But you know, once a month, you got to let them know, hey, you know, we cater. If you know anybody, school, church, factory, office that needs catering, leave our packages. Go to our website. You know, we provide online ordering for them. There's just so many opportunities. Um, and the thing about it is, you get paid in advance. Because if I'm doing your kid's birthday party and it's 50 people, 
you're paying me in advance for that, or you're giving me a deposit in advance, and I know I'm getting the money. Well, when you wake up today, you don't know whether you're going to sell 10 hot dogs or 100 hot dogs. What if the weather changes? What if, you know, there's an accident? I mean, anything can happen. It's it's It adds predictability to your income when you, when you go after catering business, and you're not sitting there and waiting things to happen to you. You're making things happen. That's what's so exciting about catering. Now, I have... Um... You know, we have taught to do auctions, you know, where they do these real estate auctions or these estate sales, um, huge huge yard sales. We do a lot of this thinking outside the box, but this is incredible, the drop-off, because everything we've discussed is hands-on. You know, you, you take your cart, you set it up, and you serve. But to be able to either take a cart or one of those Vienna steamers and and have everything laid out for them so that it's just a cut and paste. And you can oh, eat yeah. Cool it, and if you don't do that, you could drop off a chafing dish. You can buy a chafing dish for 30 40 bucks. you know, full steam pan. You put in the hot, you know, a bunch of hot dogs, and you got the buns in another one, and then you got the plates, and you got the, the condiments and the sides and the toppings, and guess what? You know, get crazy. Charge them extra for the premium stuff, they want bacon. Great, that adds fifty cents a person. They want blue cheese. You know, just go outside the box. I got a client in San Francisco owns a sausage company. That's all they do: a sausage and a beer. They do a ton of catering, and we're talking deluxe sausages like duck and fig and just some really crazy stuff. But it's really good stuff, and they sell the hell out of it. You can add baked beans if you want to. You know charge a little bit more, and we help people design menus. That's part of one of our systems that we do for people. And, you know, you look at, you know, basically we we help you get one good catering client, we pay for ourselves. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. But, you know, the first step is go read the book. We also offer free webinars. And, you know, if I had a hot dog cart, that's what I would be doing. How can I double my revenues with catering? Because there's so many opportunities. And I'll, and I'll throw a you know, special events under that. But, you know, there's just tons of opportunities. And everybody loves a hot dog. I can't tell you, like, if I throw a party in my backyard and I've got hamburgers and hot dogs, everybody's going to grab a hot dog. It is it is American. It is everybody loves a hot dog. Now, I will tell you, I don't like a crappy hot dog. It's got to be a high-quality, premier hot dog, you know, I, you know, when people come came to us and go, well, we we you know we want dog food, hot dogs. But sorry, we're not going to sell those. Well, um, you know, you've got Jason on the line, and and Jason, we're going to go into this a little later tonight. But Jason serves some of the most exotic meats on the planet. Um, he's kind of like Biker Jim out in um, in Colorado, and 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 he's created this niche for himself. The the guy thinks way outside the box, and I I am so so happy. That you have shared this, this is it's given me chill bumps tonight because you know I I thought I had heard it all and I I considered myself to to be fairly affluent in marketing, but to have something that well you, well it, I mean and we and we haven't even touched on the marketing stuff I know we don't have much time the book covers a lot of things but let me share one really cool idea with you before I get off the phone because this will tell you the kind of outside the box gorilla low-cost, high-return marketing that I teach my clients that no one really does. I mean, we are the premier source for helping um, 
uh, uh, people get in the catering business. It's restaurantcateringsoftware.com, but you've got a special link that they can get my book for free, so they definitely need to go to um, the site, your, your site afterwards. But um, have you ever heard of something called Hospital Week? No, never. Every May, all the hospitals celebrate Hospital Week. It's a, you know everybody's got a holiday, and it's a way that they recognize the nurses and the doctors and you know all the people. And um, you know basically, um, a lot of times they'll bring in food. So we we created a sales letter. So imagine this: a sales letter that has white letters and black background, and we printed it on transparency film. So it looked like a real x-ray. And we sent it to the hospital in an envelope that said, x-ray film, do not bend. So let me ask you. You work in a hospital. You're the catering decision maker. You get a thing that says, x-ray film, do not bend in the hospital. What are the odds it's going to get open? 100%. If it gets delivered to the right person, it's 100%. Absolutely. Out of 20 hospitals. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, out of 20 hospitals, <coughs> excuse me, out of 20 hospitals, we booked over $17,000 worth of catering for hospital week. Man, that's incredible. Just for so ho- let's say, yeah, just for hospital week. So let's just say you're not in the barbecue business, it's hot dogs. Let's say you booked $2,000 during hospital week. Uh, this could put a thousand bucks in your pocket. I don't know about you, but I could use an extra thousand bucks. I can always use an extra thousand dollars. I mean, you you paid for the cart, you paid for the you know the trailer, you 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 you, you bought everything. Why limit it? You know, think about a factory that buys a million dollar piece of equipment. Do you think they only run it for eight hours a day? No, they're they're trying to figure out how to make it work twenty four seven. They bought the equipment. Let's see how much money we can make with it. And for whatever reason, everybody in the food business seems to get in this little box that they can't get out of. And, you know, we're really, you know, we're really helping people out because, you know, they are looking for opportunities where there weren't any. You don't have to go buy two trucks to double your profits. You just have to go out there and hustle catering. I I love it. I love being around people that, that... have expertise in a field that is unknown to me. I remember back when I was um I was young, I was 18, 19 and I was selling cars. And um I went to and spent my hard-earned money to go to an Ogmandino camp. And yep. it was several thousand dollars and you're talking 80, 1980s. And oh, yep. so it was um it is is it it is has affected my entire life. And to have something like this where you can invest into yourself and into – because the things you'll learn, obviously, you can um, adapt to anything you're doing. But the fact that we're all – you know, you're speaking to people that are all in the food industry and creating ways for us to make more um, with less effort, which is flipping fantastic. Oh, absolutely. And, and in fact, you know, I'm going to leave you with one thought. You know, you mentioned Ogmandino spending thousands of dollars. My my first marketing workshop, I mean, like really heavy-duty marketing workshop, was in 96. A guy named Jay Abraham taught me about direct mail, direct marketing, sort of guerrilla marketing. It was $5,000 for a three-day seminar. 
that was a game changer in my life. There is somebody listening tonight that is listening to me that is going to go get the book, and I'm going to be a game changer in their life. And I'm not only talking financial because, look, we all work for money, but we work for what money will do for us, whether it's retire early, have better vacations, get your house paid for, put in a pool, put your kids through school, take care of your parents. We all have things that we want to accomplish, hopes, dreams, goals, desires, and that's only going to happen if you expect you know, you do something different than you did 12 months ago, and that's what I'm here for. So, guys, I appreciate the time. Unfortunately, I got to hop, but um, let's do it again. Hey, Michael, thank hey, you. Michael, thank you for joining us and taking the time to share with us, and and a huge thanks for the, the free book. Um, I'll my re- pleasure, my pleasure. And um, I just got a message that it's up on the the website at mymfva.org. But thank you again for joining us. Hey, thanks, guys. Let's do it again. Take care. Thanks, Have, Michael. Have a good night, man. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, welcome to the Space Dog Cantina. Can I take your order? Yeah, uh, two Space Dogs with ketchup. Did you say ketchup? Uh, yeah. You need to go Whoa. to learnhotdogs.com hey. and learn Look about out. Space Dog Etiquette. Hey, easy. Plus... You can watch the free training videos. I'll go. Link to the radio show. Radio and show. check out the selection of used cards they have. Used cards. You can also sign up and earn points and get free stuff. Free stuff? Yeah. You think I paid for all this stuff? Learnhotdogs.com. The best wiener website in the galaxy. Want to save even more money? Build your own professional hot dog cart. Save over $1,000 at buildacart.com. Buildacart.com. If you want to roll with a big dog, you need a cart that you can rely on. There's no better way to know your equipment than to build it yourself. Buildacart.com. You want to rock your world? Build this cart. Build it and they will come. Buildacart.com. Are you at least 42 inches tall? Because you're on the love roller coaster with HTVR, Hot Dog Vendor Radio with Ben and Rob. Mobile Food Vendors Association. Feeling lazy? Out of shape? Get off the couch. Go to benscarts.com and get the scoop on free training, top-notch accessories, link over to the radio show and the blog. Plus, you can get Ben's tell-all book on how you can change your life forever. Hot dog, save my life. It's all available at benscarts.com. Be there. Mobile Food Vendors Association. Want to be hot snot on a silver platter instead of that cold booger on a paper plate? Then go to Ben'sCarts.com and check out the free training videos. Link to the blog and connect to the radio show. And it's all free only at Ben'sCarts.com. This is Hot Dog Vendor Radio. Come on, Cap. Hey, 
From Thailand, this is Tom listening live on Hot Dog Vendor Radio. We found his sites online looking for cool ideas to do for our father-son team. We saw Ben's carts, and I emailed him, and he emailed back almost within only a few hours. So we really feel that he's bringing a great service to the market, and also he puts a lot of heart into his work. So I like that. We like that a lot. We hope to be able to be a part of the hot dog vending carts family. Yeah. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. We now return you live to Hot Dog Vendor Radio with Ben and Rob. Hey, folks. Thank you for calling and um, and listening in. We have um, a lot of listeners that have phoned in. If you have made the mistake of not pressing 1 because you have some questions, please call back. Press option 1. It's 424-258-9364. We are happy that you're listening, even in Thailand. That was a gentleman, I like to call him a friend, over in Thailand. He is the number one DJ, him and his son, in Thailand. Um, You're talking an area of millions and he recorded that and sent it over to me, um, absolutely gratis, and I am um, thankful a bunch. All the other commercials you have been hearing are done by a gentleman named Rob Harper, a fantastic man. He's building his own cart, and I can't wait to have him on the radio show one night uh, because his voice is fantastic. And so a big thanks to both of y'all for helping and supporting the Hot Dog Vendor Radio Show. Um, we have um, a few other things to discuss. I want to get to Jason and the blog and the gourmet tube steaks and wine. Um, and I enjoyed the last caller. What did y'all think, Rob? Rob's on mute. Oh, she got us on mute. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. I was trying to find the mute. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to find the mute, mute button again. Sorry about that. No problem. What What did you think of that? Um, had you ever even considered drop-off service? I, you know, I, I was a little familiar with it because I've delved and worked in the corporate world, so it's not unheard of for cater companies to drop off. Uh, I worked for Alltel back before they were bought out by Verizon, and we normally we had a lot of sales meetings and conferences and stuff, and caterers would come by and drop off stuff, just like he's talking about. Uh, they wouldn't be there. They would just drop off bag lunches or, you know, pasta plates, you know, pasta platters or whatever, and they would leave a chafing dish like he was referring to. So I was a little familiar with the process and how it works. I didn't think about, I guess, relating it to hot dog cart business, but I guess, um, you know, I've actually uh, – he's right. I mean, you got a cart. If it's sitting anytime idle, it's not making you any money. Um, and I've actually tried ramping up some of my catering efforts, um, especially talking to Jason and stuff, and some of the success, recent success he's had and past success with that. Uh, I would really like to, you know, ramp up some of that because it is guaranteed money. You know, it's it's you know it's pretty much hey, if I'm going to go work Saturday, I might do you know two hundred dollars, I might do four hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, but if I do a catering on Saturday, um, that's I can you know here's the thing about catering, folks it's not medicine, you don't have to take it. So if somebody calls you and it's a bad deal, they say, hey, i got 20 friends that I want to do a catering job. 
you know, I want you to come in and bring hot dogs or whatever. If you can't charge enough for that, um, you know, I do have some uh, background in catering and pricing catering because of the former company I used to work for uh, a long time ago um, that actually I have my commissary through now. Um, he would constantly turn down jobs because it was just not worth his efforts, uh, you know, money-wise. And he, t- he would tell them up front, you know, if they had a small crowd, and he says, look, I charge – uh, X pretty much a flat amount for me to even get going. Um, so if you've got, uh, I can feed 100 people about as easy as I can 20, because I'm going to charge you about the same if it would if you had 100 people. Um, so again, take each job and look at it, analyze it. It has to make business sense and it has to make money. So that's what I my recommendation to folks uh, is to really analyze what somebody's offering you as far as a job. And make sure it makes sense. And you know, you could again, you couldn't do maybe a full catered event, but you could do the drop-off thing. Sure, I'll drop off 40 hot dogs and this, that, and the other, and I'll charge you this. Going back to the drop-off side, but if you had to bring out your card and cook them on site and, and deal with that whole deal for four hours, you really couldn't make a whole lot of money. Uh, but if you could do a drop-off, they may would be fine with that, and you know, say, hey, look, I'll set everything up, but it's just a drop-off service. I'll have a, you know, if you have a table where everything goes. Uh, then that starts making more business sense again. So that's my little spin on it. But, yeah, I was a little familiar with the drop-off stuff, only because of, like I said, I dealt with caterers in the past, and, and we, we didn't do a whole lot of that with the company I worked for. We mostly did on-site cooking, but uh, I I dealt with that stuff before. Well, I, um, it was exciting to me. I mean, I, I literally could see dollar signs um, because I have um, access to a lot of people that have used me, and I've never considered just getting everything ready for them, tablecloths, some fold-out tables, and delivering it and setting it up and then coming back two hours later, three hours later, and picking it up um, because that means I don't have to do it. And they don't have to do it either. They don't have to prep it. They don't have to make sure they have everything and enough of everything. I just drop it off and go. Um, that is brilliant. It's like um, just genius. Um, I can't... He has. I, I'm going to read his. Um, I'll, I'll try to read it tonight if I have time, and if not, I'll I'll get it read either way, and I'll um, post it on my on at learnhotdogs.com. We um, let's see. Let's. I want. You don't care. Um, I want to do another question that we got sent in, and um, get both of your takes on this one. Uh, this is in regards to a brick and mortar. Apparently, it's do any shops even sell boiled or steamed dirty water dogs? I've never heard of anywhere remotely close to me. So I'm curious if this method of heating and selling is just for carts. Um. That's a good one because I've never heard of a restaurant doing dirty water dogs. They typically grill them or, you know, put them on a. I've seen them steam them, um, but never have heard of dirty water dogs in a restaurant. No, we got we got guys around here that um, will go with the New York dirty water dog, or uh, there's also a. I don't know what the river is in Boston, but they uh, refer to them as that too on the edge of Boston there. You know, once the water gets a little beef juice in it and changes to that kind of grayish brown, that's why they call it a dirty water dog. Huh. Um. I I just I haven't heard of it. So, um, if you're 
I need, Jason, if you'll send me the link, um, not a file, just send me the link. You had sent it to me before, and I can't find it. Um, anyway, um, Jason and I are having a, a, a chat message. You know, are left out. Tell him. <laughs> so, I apologize, folks. I am so glad everybody's joined us tonight. If you'd like to call in and ask a question, we're here to answer them. Um, I would like to... To throw this over to Jason, um, I'd like oh. to know about your. Um, I know you, but what I'd like to know is about these gourmet dogs. Um, I only know of a couple vendors doing it, but um, Jason, after World War II, if you didn't read the blog, he actually uh, started a pizza business. Um, it sounds cool. And there's about a million and a half pizza businesses, but Jason doesn't do anything halfway, um, or half butted, um, or half rear ended. He does it all the way. And so, if you haven't been privy to the past shows where we had Jason on, um, Jason shared with us his pizza idea that he did, and he had a stone baked pizzas, wood fired stone baked pizzas. Um, on a cart, on an open cart, and you wouldn't, you don't see those on the street. And the reason you don't see them is because um, people, uh, people don't do it that much. But the ones that do have figured out, like Jason, where to do it. And wait till you hear where Jason sets up um, the crappy, crappy location. His view um, is also at learnhotdogs.com. Just look at the article titled left this the third one down called Love Hot Dog Company, um, which is also brilliant marketing. Um, but Love Hot Dog Company, and you will be able to um, get an idea of the work environment he has to endure when he goes out. And horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible. I mean, I, I I had to keep turning my eyes away. Um, but anyway, it was horrible. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what I would like is if um if you could share um or start sharing some of that information, um how you know, kinda kinda get us up to speed. Tell us what got you out of the pizza business and how you ended up where you are today. Well, I got out of uh the shops, oh god, I guess probably nine or ten years ago at this point, just because I got as Rob and I were talking about earlier with that one question, you know, stick and brick, man, it's it's brutal on the relationship, the family, just your mental health. The amount of hours, you're almost, well, not almost, you are, you're married to the business. And, uh, you know, I grew up with pizza with my uncles, you know, an Irish family making pizza on the boardwalk's kind of funny in itself. But, uh, you know, got into my own shops and started buying and selling shops, get them, fix the equipment out, fix the decor, get it running right, and then sell it. Um, but I got out of it. You know, I was still in the repo business. I was out of being a canine officer. And, uh, you know, the, the way the pizza came around was a bet between my partner and, you know, we bet a dollar that couldn't go mobile and did. And, you know, I wasn't allowed to advertise. I think you know, we talked about that on one of the shows. You know, it took off like a bat out of hell. And what brought me to the wineries was our health department had to change. And, you know, sometimes you're grandfathered in or you used to be grandfathered in. <laughs> And uh, they stopped doing that. 
So we lost our farmers markets and events like that because they wanted us enclosed. And you know, from what you guys can see the picture on you know the the uh, blog, there's no way to enclose that car. I mean, you, you know, you have to start totally over. So I was kind of scrambling for some ideas and thought, man, you know, let's go to the wineries. So uh, we did a letter titled it a beautiful pairing. Talked about you know wood fired pizza and you know gourmet natural ingredients and your wine making the perfect pairing basically and uh, it worked. You know I went after the, the biggest and the the best, the ones that are holding the bigger events and concerts, and it worked. And uh, shortly after that took off is when I got in that accident. And, you know long story short, eleven months, ten surgeries, two years down. Um, the hot dogs and sauces were kind of on the radar to add. But, uh, you know, I hadn't done it at that point and then uh, got in my cart and started looking at it and let the wineries know I was available and people were booking. And we had our first winery event this past Saturday, and it was just, uh, it was incredible. I mean, uh, the response, the owner of the winery was telling us that he's seen people he hasn't seen in two years since we were there making pizza. And when they heard over their uh, email and Facebook that we were going to be there with a new venue, you know, a new new product, people came out and they said, we haven't seen him for two, three years or that person for two years. So uh, it it went over really well. But, I mean, you're right. It was a horrible horrible view, you know, terrible, terrible work conditions. For those who don't have access or can't get over to LearnHotDogs.com um, and look at that article, the view is of a beautiful mountains in the background and wine fields, uh, as far as fields of grapes. I guess it wouldn't be considered wine yet, but it is the makings of wine. Um, and what is neat is he's um, he's paired some gourmet meats with um, with wine, and you're basically catering um, yep. and doing exclusive gigs. With now you don't serve anymore on an open cart, but you have a enclosed cart that's a hot dog cart, um, hot dog trailer. It by the way is is gorgeous. In in fact, it's built by one of the Mobile Food Vendor Association uh, partners. Um, you care to share that with us? Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. That's uh, John Izzo up at Cart Concepts International up in uh, Connecticut. And, yeah, he is one of our sponsors. Great guy. Uh, been very helpful to us with the uh, trailer and, you know, real good, uh, real good supporters like you, you know, really supports the customer, you know. And uh, the reason we had to go and close was obviously our health department. It was just, you know, our health department's is, um, I guess, as bad as L.A. and a couple of the other places in the country. Um, you know, I just went through a three-month song and dance to finally get licensed. <laughs> so, uh but, yeah, it's, it's a very nice car. We're very happy with it. I know a couple of the other members. Uh, I guess Jason Ellis is using one up at, I think he works under what, Stubby's Roadside or Grab and Go. And then uh, Kevin and uh, Linda out in the Midwest, those guys are in one under the, the Wiener Wagon. And, uh, you know, very, very nice unit. Well, I, um, I, it is a beautiful unit, and you've decorated it up nice. If you want to see his logo, his logo is one of the best I've ever seen. Um, I can think of three or four that just stand out to me, and that is one of them. And the 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 colors, your big Facebook and Twitter logo on the side with your QR code, and then your brand 
new Mobile Food Vendor Association member sticker, and then you've got your logo several places and your slogan across the the um, trailer. I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, Thank you. What um is does this mean that you can work less? Um, is that your goal? As far as is your goal to work less um, and capitalize on the time that you invest out there? Yes. I mean, going back to what we did with pizza, um, started by you know working farmers markets things like that, and the goal was eventually to get the corporate catering, which we started to hit, and the wineries really made that possible and really accelerated that plan. And what I found. You know, with the pizza was these folks I'm meeting at the winery are mostly business owners. And next thing I know, I'm seeing them two or three times. Then they say, you know, oh, you know, you do catering. Yeah, well, yes, we do. And next thing I know, I'm doing a corporate party or corporate event for them. And then uh, that goes off well. And then next thing you know, you're doing a birthday party for them. I have people that we did four and five jobs for in the summer. And the difference of what we charged at a farmer's market for a pizza at like the $6 mark it was 12 at a winery. Nobody bad an eye. Our other pizzas were 15 and 16 bucks. Some of the exotics, nobody ever complained about it. And now what would you rather do? So, you know, for a four or five hour window, sell that 230, 280 pizzas at six hours, or would you rather sell them at 12 to 15? You know, to me, it was a no brainer. I, um, I agree with you. Um, I know it was a loaded question, but I wanted you to give us some more details on your the the motives behind the madness, and um, share with us what what you were doing, um, what you were planning to do as far as um, in the future. Uh, where are there enough wineries there? Um, oh God, yes. In Pennsylvania, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but I know it's over a hundred. Um, I never knew. I'm not a huge wine drinker, but uh, when I looked up, you know, wineries in PA and found this map, I almost fell off my desk chair. <laughs> you know, and uh, the way I went after it, I uh, came up, you know, with my wife, came up with that uh, letter and a picture of the trailer and stuff and some food, kept it short and sweet, hopefully get them to read it. And uh, I sent it from myself to myself and then just blind car, you know, blind copied all these wineries that went in at the type address, you know, like a new email. And uh, we sent it out, and the response was just unbelievable. But my whole point of doing that was I know guys that are working like a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and come away with 800 bucks. I could go work a party by myself and make more than that or close to that in four hours with about an hour worth of prep. And I don't know about you, but me... I'd rather be home with my kids. I'd rather have more time with the family, with my wife. And I'd rather make more money with less work. And the thought of going to some of these bigger events, dealing with promoters, lying, weather, things like that, just really irritates me. And we've talked about it before with creating our events and different things. And uh, that's kind of my reason for getting away from that. You know, I can't stand these promoters. Well, I, I like it. You've taken it into your own hands and, and that, it, that it already is, and you just got up and running um, because of some delays and stuff and and are already having success, and I like that. Um, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back, and when we get back, Rob got questions for you, Jason, so don't run away. Uh-oh. 
This December, one lucky LearnHotDogs.com subscriber will win a brand new hot dog cart. To enter, go to the blog, register on the right-hand column, and everything you do earns points. Get points and redeem them for an entry to win. It's that easy. And while you're there, check out all the cool gifts you can redeem for points. It's our way of saying thanks for supporting the blog and growing the knowledge. That's LearnHotDogs.com. Yep, they're too sexy for their cards. Ben and Rob on HCBR Hot Dog Vendor Radio. Back on Hot Dog Vendor Radio, if you have a question, we have 40 minutes left. The number is 424-258-9364. You can call in live, press option one, and talk to Ben, Rob, or Jason. And we have um, lots of people over on the um, listener line, and I uh, want to welcome everybody that's just joined us. You are listening to Hot Dog Vendor Radio. We're talking to Jason um, Brown. He is one of the um, – the, um, the upper management, I guess you, you'd say, at – <laughs> at Mobile Food Vendors Association, he also has um, provided most of the sponsors that have come, him and, and um, Rob, and there is um, just a a whole lot of um, knowledge packed into these two people. Um, Rob, you've got some um, questions um, about um, gourmet um, dogs. The, the I, I think it's neat. I don't know how well it'd go over here in Tennessee, but I think it's neat as heck. Well, Jason, uh, one of the things me and uh, I was talking to my wife and this and that, and we were looking at some options. Uh, one of the hurdles or, or issues that hot dog straight hot dog vendors run into is um, trying to get into an event or getting into an upper level event like a winery or something. Even you know maybe even a, uh, a nice uh, bachelor party type atmosphere, um, a little upper scale with your uh, exotic sausages you're doing it brings another level of, of accessibility I think um, to things talk a little bit about changing your menu but still sticking to the core basic things I mean you talked about this earlier in the week so I'm a little familiar with what we're talking about here but I want the listeners to listen like here in my here in my state uh, one of the things that re- that is required that uh, on the hot dog cart, A, it has to be hot dog related, and it has to be pre-cooked if you're going to do like a sausage. Well, talk talk a little bit about where this um, expanding, the same thing you're doing, basically, it's an encased meat. It's, you know, in our case, uh, we can find them pre-cooked, but it's an exotic. How does that help vendors, and how has it helped you get into some uh, events and so forth? Well, just, uh, you know, when people think of a hot dog cart, they just think hot dogs. So when you let them know you're doing exotic stuff, it kind of gets their attention. They're like, well, wait a minute. People don't think of hot dogs as exotic. But, right. you know, this weekend at the winery, we had Kobe beef. called um, Buffalo dogs. And those two went over really well. And right. then you start telling them about the exotic meats. I mean, I have a selection of, God, I think 30 or 40 to choose from at any given time sure. now. I'm probably only going to take three or four to any event as far as sausages go. Then I'll take two exotic hot dogs, whether it be like the Kobe or rattlesnake or venison or that kind of stuff. And then I also have my piano dogs and Polish sausage and hot Polish sausage. So now let's clear still... something up with the listeners. You are not 
a unlike Biker Jim, where he specializes in that kind of menu. You don't really specialize in that menu, correct? You kind of versatile. You're kind of versatile. You'll use that menu maybe for certain things, but you may be just a straight Vienna beef hot dog type cart or trailer at, at sure. another event. Is that is that kind of your genre, the way you do things? Yeah, uh, you know, because I'm like I'm bringing that kind of sausage. I mean, you know, you're talking about a cost of, you know, anywhere from a dollar twenty-six a link to you know two twenty-five. So right. you're not going to bring that kind of stuff in. Technically, like a uh, a farmer's market, must you know, an upscale neighborhood or something. So sure. yeah, I only I only bring that kind of stuff out. I mean, I am playing with a you know a couple ideas for a a game day, basically where we bring in a sausage and don't tell them what it is until they buy it and take a bite. So that's one of our things we're playing with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm giving some serious thought to adding the Kobe and Buffalo dogs because of the response we got. Um, right. Now, now but, you, you, know, you did those um, Kobe, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking about, like, for day-to-day. Oh, okay. Um, at, yeah, we did them at the winery, and, you know, just got so many compliments on the Kobe and uh, the Buffalo, and then, you know, shocked. I was really shocked when my wife ate Buffalo um, and actually liked it. You know, trying to get her to eat game stuff's kind of hard, but, you know, she loved it. Um, the flavor is great. The price on those two isn't bad. I mean, the buffalo is a little bit more, but the Kobe is really not bad when you're looking at comparing it to like a, a four to one Vienna or something like that. And uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta be almost versatile and be willing to, to spend the money to get into an event like that. But I mean, the difference is you're talking about you know anywhere from five to eight bucks for that same length of sausage. You know, your minimum. A 300%, 400% markup without without any kind of issue. I didn't get – not one person gave me any flack over pricing. Right. So, you know, now, would, it, would you be able to pull that off at a farmer's market? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'd be sitting there with a lot of meat. <laughs> I had a very upset wife. Right, farmer's market. But, hey, we have um, a gentleman on the phone. His name is Jason. He's from way up north. It is not the Jason you've been talking to, and he's got some questions for you, Jason. Sure. Hey, Jason, how are you? All right, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I uh, I just recently purchased a cart from Ben. In fact, I, I'm hoping I'm going to pick it up this week. Um, but being, new to, being new to the business, um, is there any kind of advice that you could give, that I'll give if you could give any any? type of advice at all, what would you think would be one of the most important things to tell a new person in the business? I guess my biggest thing, I mean, people have heard me say this over and over, um, would be to offer a good quality product. Don't look for the cheapest dog and the cheapest roll. Um, you know, again, everybody knows I sell Vienna along with some of the exotic stuff. But, uh, you know, I do it because it's a good dog. I sold some right years ago in one of my fixed locations and farmer's market, and uh, I get a lot more support from these guys. And don't you got to use your distributors for what you can get from them. And, and as far as marketing material and things like that, don't be afraid to ask for it. And if you're not getting treated right, whether it's pricing or support, find another supplier. And don't be afraid to charge a little more. You know, just because a 7-Eleven sells a dog for 99 cents, you know, it's a loss leader. It brings you in to buy other stuff and gas. You know, Costco, 
BJ's, yeah, they can all sell those dogs at a loss because you're there purchasing a couple hundred dollars on that cart. Um, you know, don't be afraid to tell people, hey, I sell Vienna beef dogs. Uh, you know, I'm not selling junk. You know, uh, there's some guys that are very proud of offering a, a dog they paid eight cents for. I'm paying, you know, 62, 68 cents for, you know, a week and the cost of beef that week. So, you know, but you sell a better product, they get more money for it, and they get returns. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I would say. You know, sell a good product, good role, be consistent. Um, you know, don't give them stale rolls. You know, be consistent. And don't be afraid to spend a little bit of money to market yourself. And, you know, that'd probably be the, the biggest thing I can tell you. Okay, awesome. I appreciate that. Um, on your gourmet dogs, because I think that's something that uh, my that I've, I've thought about doing myself. Do you, is there a do you have a, like a list that maybe you could share with Ben on where you get your exotic dogs from? Sure. Or sure, there's there's a couple guys. Where are you at? What part of the country? I'm in I'm in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, what I can do is uh, if you want to email me at Jason B at my MFVA. I don't think you'll have a hard time with that name. And uh it's my MFVA dot org. I can um I can shoot you a link. But, you know, I can tell you, you know, it helps the shop around your area. I mean I just literally found a meat purveyor that um is local to me, literally ten minutes from my house. And it saved me a lot of money because the other guy I was going to be buying from uh, is in way north Jersey. And I had to – I was, I don't know, 20 miles outside of our delivery. They wouldn't deliver even if I went up and offered them a, a heavier delivery fee. So my next choice was FedEx, and it literally was going to add 25 cents a link to my cost, which was crazy. <laughs> you know, then you got to wonder – you know, anytime I think about shipping something like that, I think of Jim Carrey in that movie where he's the UPS guy coming down the street doing cartwheels <laughs> and taking the box and stuff. So that was my <laughs> other fear. Um, but, I mean, I found these guys in here. They're one of the – they basically deal with, like, what I'll call white linen places here in Philly. And uh, they don't supply napkins and all that strictly meat, seafood. And they're bringing in a lot of Wagyu and Kobe from California. And I'm able to piggyback in on their order and not pay any shipping. I order on Tuesday morning. It gets made Wednesday, Thursday, ship Thursday. It's in the airport early a.m. hours Friday, and I can pick it up at their location at 9 a.m. on Friday. So, I mean, it's you, know, you can't get any fresher than that, and not having to pay for shipping is great. But I can definitely, uh, you know, refer you to a few people, and, you know, then the key would be to try and find somebody local they can bring the stuff in with their order so you're not getting whacked with this FedEx shipping because I will tell you that, you know, 25 cents, I mean, if you have to do it, you have to do it until you find something. But hopefully we can find you something where you won't get stuck paying that shipping. Sure, sure. Um, those those are the main questions that I had. I've been, I've been picking Ben's brain for the last probably three weeks. I'm sure he's tired of hearing emails from me already. Um, but I would look forward to maybe hearing from you in the future and uh, asking a lot more questions. I'm ready to get out there and rock. I, I love this whole concept of, you know, the sales outside. I actually, I was doing brick oven uh, pizzas with a, a friend, an associate of mine, and I I just, I'm ready to get more into the 
onto my own. So that's why I started with the dogs myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which brick oven company? From Wisconsin. Oh yeah, it's called Flying Cow Pizza. It's pretty. No, it's pretty decent. That. Yeah, he's fairly okay. new. What did you think of the brick oven pizza? Um, you can go over to the Mobile Food Vendor Association website, and you can go on to the forums. And I know that Jason answers a lot of questions there, but you can also email him at that Jason B, as in boy, Jason B, at org. Um, but, man, I think it's fantastic that you that you called in and, and asked some questions. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. And, Jason, I thought those brick oven pizzas are the only way to eat them. Personally, but yeah. Thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. You have a good day, Jason. Thanks for calling in. Okay, you too. Bye. Well, um, this night has flown by, and we actually—I mean, the um, listeners—we keep getting more listeners towards towards this last half of the show. But I wanted to. Let's see. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll come back and we'll. Um, I've got some questions for um, for Jason myself, and then, or at least um, a compliment, and then uh, then I've got some questions for Rob too. So Rob, get ready to hit that um, mute button um, to unmute. Already, <laughs> I'm, I'm not muting it. You hear uh, dishes in the background or. Uh, <laughs> The little bleeps and blurbs from the chat room, uh, tough stuff. That way I don't have to <laughs> hit my mute uh, button and can't find it on my phone. So, sorry. Well, folks, we'll be right back. He's flakier than your Aunt Millie's pie crust at the county fair. It's Ben on HDVR Hot Dog Vendor Radio. In a world where no one cares. One man on a mission to help hot dog vendors worldwide. Boldly facing health inspectors everywhere. Ben? Providing tips and videos to help the less fortunate. It's HDVR Hot Dog Vendor Radio. With Ben and Rob. Brought to you by Mobile Food Vendors Association and Ben'sCarts.com. Then check out mymfva.org. You can get instant access to secrets that will supercharge your business. Gain instant eligibility to all MFVA-sponsored giveaways and much, much more. For more details, visit mymfva.org. Contact the Mobile Food Vendors Association. Contact the Mobile Food Vendors Association. You know, we have another mobile food vendor association song tonight. And um, if we have time before the show ends, I'll turn it on. Maybe it'll close us out. It's a um, fantastic song. Another one provided by Rob Harper, um, a fellow future dogger. And amazing. Um, the Jason, I wanted to ask you. Um, I. I have seen a lot of flyers. I've created a lot of flyers. But when you sent over the flyer for me to post up on the blog, um, you know, you gave me permission to put it up. I, I, 
I was just amazed because one, you don't think of hot dog vendor in this fancy cursive writing flyer. That with I don't know if y'all seen it, folks, but if you go over to learnhotdogs.com and I think it's the third one down, it'll say Love Hot Dog Company. Click on it and look at his menu um, for just that winery, that specific winery. And then check out the one for BMW, where you just did the BMW thing. Um, I just have to say, you know, I, I told you I had a question. I really don't have a question, but um, the I, I, I'm impressed. And by you sharing that, it helps us all, because if we can all create better-looking stuff. Now, we have some doggers that are phenomenal, that make some neat-looking stuff. I just <clears throat> is unique to, I mean, you don't think hot dogs and wine. Um, or at least I never have. Um, they go good with Crown and Jim Bean, but um, I never considered it. So I, I want to thank you for sharing it. I know a lot of people, you know, are scared to share something because it, you know, somebody else will take it and run with it. But I thank you for for doing that and sharing it. So no problem. Learn from it. No problem. Um, thank you. Compliment. Oh, you bet. You bet. Um, um, question for Rob. Rob, tell me something. What? How is the lemonade doing? And I guess Jason could answer this too. Some, but Rob is the one that you know got us all interested. I've done it now. It now, um, and I'll be. Um, I, I'm going to film it at some point because I've got two squeezers. But Ben's Carts is coming out with a kick butt um, system doing it. You know the it's it's called the lemon crusher, and it, you can add it to your cart, but it's a closed system, and so it's pretty neat. Anyway, we've all gotten on this lemonade kick, um, thanks to Rob, and I wanted to ask you how's it doing for you, and has there been any changes since we did that blog about your lemonade? Have you made any adjustments or changes that help you? Nah, that doesn't bother me. But you know what does bother me? You know what makes me really sick to my stomach? What? It's watching you stuff your face with those hot dogs. Nobody, I mean nobody, puts ketchup on a hot dog. Dirty Harry. Sorry, I had to uh, had to do that one last time. Somebody sent me this week because last week they sent me the clip. Oh, the clip. Yeah, where Dirty Harry walks out over that edge of that cliff, I guess in California. Nobody. Uh, I mean, nobody puts ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> um, lemonade. Uh, yes, I have made a minor adjustment thanks to Jason, actually. Um, I uh, originally was taking the simple syrup, and I had it in one of those uh, juice jiggers, I think they're called. Is that correct, Jason? Yeah, for the bar. Yeah, it's like for what bars use, uh, you'll see bartenders use kind of that milky white plastic thing. It's got a long neck on it. It's got kind of a poor spout looking thing on the end of it. Um, that's what I was using. Well, Jason stumbled across these little um, narrow, I call them slim line dispensers that's got a um, little flip valve similar to you'd see on a, like a little coffee urn style um, dispenser. Uh, but they're clear plastic. He got them at Walmart. They were like 6 bucks, 547 or something. And uh, he puts a simple syrup in that. And so I said, well, hey, that looks kind of cool. 
because uh, I was having to carry like these extra jugs and this, that, and the other. It was just a pain. Um, so I went and bought one of these uh, little slimline uh, things, and it holds, I think, what, 60, 61, one-third cup servings. Uh, yes. According to the 32-ounce recipe that I give, use one-third cup of simple syrup, but you have to use the simple syrup recipe that I do, which is um, 12 cups of water to 10 pounds of sugar. I just messed with the ratios, and that's what I come up with. So if you buy a 10-pound bag of sugar, it's 12 cups of water. You heat it up uh, gradually, get it boiling. Uh, that's your simple syrup. But um, this little dispenser thing, it, uh, it, it works great. And like I said, for 6 bucks, I mean, I bought a couple of them. I actually just have one as a backup or can wash one out and refill it or whatever. But uh, people, uh, people are crazy not to be selling lemonade. Um, yep. I sold, I'll say Saturday. Uh, I worked, um, I sold, uh, I don't know, 34, 35 cups at 3 bucks a pop. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. Um, there's you know, plenty of people that walk by the cart and they go, hey, let me get a lemonade, which they wasn't going to buy a hot dog or, you know, they could have bought a soft drink for a buck. I've got 30 cent in it. Um, you're not making a whole lot, but they'll buy that $3 lemonade and, uh, you know, you make uh, a lot of money on it. So people, I mean, uh, people are crazy not to do it. It's it's unseasonably yeah. hot weather and unnormal, uh, you know, our abnormal, I guess the word is. Um, in Tennessee, it's called unnormal. Um, but either, either way, it's it it's horribly hot, and I think the lemonade um, makes a bad day selling dogs look good. Um, and I know a vendor that's over in Middle Tennessee. His name's Nick, and he has started doing um, drinks like that so that he can pull in people that are too hot to buy a hot dog. And often it encourages them to go ahead and eat because they get cooled down pretty quick. Um, I love the big 32-ounce cups. That's what I used. I followed um, Rob's recipe and everything. His, everything that Rob um, is doing is over at the LearnHotDogs.com blog, and you can pull it up with pictures of how he sets it up and how he mixes the simple syrup. Um, how you mix that matters to the ratio um, not that you can't find your own way. It just means you can't use the one-third cup method um, to a 32-ounce cup. It'll also change your ratios if somebody, if you have a customer walk up to your car and say, hey, I want half the ice, or I want uh, sweeter, or I want whatever. If you change that recipe, and that's the problem with lemonade, it doesn't take, people all the time say, I can't make my lemonade as good as you. Why is that? And Because I, I tell them, it's basically sugar water, water, lemon and ice. They say, I just can't get it right. Well, the problem is they're not putting enough ice. They're maybe using a 20-ounce glass instead of a 32, so it's really too sweet with with the one-third cup method. So everything I did is exact science, if you will, to the taste of what I thought. Some people like their lemonade real sweet. Some of them like it real sour. So I tried hitting a happy medium uh, that I thought would be appealing to most people when it comes to lemonade. Um but if you change that, if a customer walks up and says, hey, I don't want that ice or I don't want as much ice, well, that changes the whole ratio of what you just did, and it may not be, may not taste nothing like you um, you know, thought it would, and it just tastes awful. So keep in mind that if you do that uh, or you're currently doing lemonade. Because I have some people request. I, I base my ratios on a full cup of 32-ounce uh, you know, of ice. Um, 
which by the way, 32 ounces, uh, a cup full of ice weighs about one, that's about one pound of ice. So if you're out buying ice and trying to figure out how much ice I need for a day or for an event or whatever, it's one pound of ice per cup. So if you're planning on doing 100 cups, well, you got about 100 pounds of ice. That's how that works. That's a lot of ice. We did. There's Thanks to Rob, man. We killed it at that PMW event. We did over 100 cups. Now, tell us well, about the cotton candy um, experience recently. I, you know, I've been off and on carrying cotton candy for a while. Um, I'll carry it for a while, and then I'll quit. Uh, the reason I would quit is because I never had no good system to uh, keep it displayed, and I just kind of would get burnt out trying to carry it and trying to figure out how to set it up on the cart um, because I couldn't keep it out of the sun. The way I had, you'd have to understand the cart layout and where you got everything set up. So I stumbled across those dispensers that I, that I was talking about. So I started carrying those, and you know, I started uh, carrying the, the cotton candy again. And because it's easier for me to transport them, now I can just put them in those. I bought four of those uh, dispensers. They're like seven bucks a piece. They're real cheap. So I bought uh, four of them. I pack them full of uh, cotton candy, throw them in the car, and they don't go anywhere. Um, whereas before, the manufacturer that I buy from, they I think it's eight tubs in like these little cardboard display things, but it didn't sit exactly right and it didn't fit on my cart right. And they're pretty lightweight, so if you try to just take them out of that thing and then stacking them, slightly we're gonna throw them all over the place and the paint. So anyway, the dispensers, I started carrying it again. Uh, first day I took them back out. With the dispenser, I had a little banner uh, made that hangs off my umbrella. It's a little small banner, 18 by 24 inches or something. Um, I'm sorry, eight by 24 inches, not big at all. Um, just says cotton candy. It's got a little some graphics on it or whatever. Sold out of cotton candy, I think. I don't remember how many I took, but I, I sold out that day. Uh, so it's just little things like that. I mean, that's that's money that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I'm selling it for two seventy five. So it's and I had this one guy come up and he literally ordered. He was buying for a bunch of people. And it was like, I don't know, 32 bucks worth of stuff he ordered for five or six people. And one part of that order was four um, tubs of cotton candy for four kids that were sitting in the car that he was one of the cars he was ordering for. So, I mean, you know, you get that uh, uh, extra sale. You get uh, maybe an impulse buy. matter of fact, the very last sale of the day was a cotton candy. Um, it was a, uh, you could obviously tell it was a grandfather and a grandson. Uh, as far as the ages, and the kid may have been eight years old. Comes up to the cart and says, uh, I was packing up, and he said, do you have any cotton candy left? And I said, yeah, I only had one tub of it left. And uh, he said, well, we'll take it. And I said, okay. And he said, is that you? And he asked his grandson, you sure that's what you want? He said, oh, yeah, that's what we want. That's what I want. And so he got it, and that was my last sale of the day. Uh, he didn't want a hot dog. He wanted, you know, that. So I'm a big, I'm a big believer in adding on some things. Uh, to a cart that uh, can get you some extra sales or uh, maybe uh, uh, just some standalone sales that you maybe wouldn't have had uh, throughout a day. Uh, it's real easy to hand somebody a, uh, a thing of uh, tub of cotton candy. Uh, it's easier than making a hot dog, and I make as much or more selling a tub of cotton candy or a bag of peanuts or you know something along those lines that uh, typically you know. Uh, that people may not carry on a cart, but uh, I like I don't carry a ton of that stuff. I mean, I just recently started carrying the uh, bat, uh, the cotton candy, and I'm going to carry some uh, ballpark style peanuts 
and uh, some ballpark style sesame. I mean, not sesame, so, um, sunflower seeds. Uh, I just think it looks, it's kind of nostalgic. It kind of goes with the, the idea of a cart and, uh, you know, some people may carry bags of Cracker Jacks or whatever, but, you know, my dog's kind of got that ballpark feel, whatever, um, nostalgic portion of it, and I just think those small things like that go well on a cart and people buy them that they may not see. People like buying that stuff off of a cart. You know, um you brought up that nostalgia, and, and it reminded me that question we got in the first hour about um, differences and, you know, about in a brick and mortar. And that's uh, a hot dog restaurant is not as appealing um, to, to me. This is my personal opinion. Uh, as a hot dog cart, a hot dog cart is, is nostalgic. Um, I get excited when I see someone, and I always stop, even if I'm not hungry, and buy a hot dog. Um, right. Just because I... I think it's neat. Now, obviously, I'm in a unique position, and I'm going to stop e- either way. But it's it's fun to me to see a vendor out there, especially one that goes the extra mile, the one that right. a nice clean cart, the one that does all those extras that makes themselves stand out. And I don't think I agree. Restaurant. I agree. You know, the only hot dog restaurants that I think uh, really stand out this day and time is the old ones, the ones that's been around your city or some town for 50 years and you, everybody knows where it is or, you know, whatever. There's a few of those here, a couple of them in my town or at least a neighboring town. There's one in a neighboring town that looks like a – it's actually in a caboose. Um, they took an old, you know, red caboose, and that's what it's called, the, I don't know, the red caboose hot dog something or another. But uh, it's been there for like 60 years. Uh, there's another one called Kermit's over in Winston-Salem. They've been around forever. Uh, there's one over here in near my hometown, uh, Kearney's. Um, you know, but they've been here forever. Um, those type brick and mortars, you know, if you could buy into something like that, uh, somebody wanting to retire or sell out of a, a, an actual authentic vintage hot dog stand, then, yeah, you could probably do okay. But starting one from scratch, well, uh, it's tough. Tough one for me. I'm like you, Ben. Um, I just it just doesn't have that feel like a cart does, you know. Not a new one. You know, the older style restaurants that's been around forever, they have that kind of nostalgic feel, obviously, that I kind of like. But I grew up on. Uh, my mom worked out of town uh, with a job she had, and my dad he couldn't cook. I mean, he couldn't boil water. Literally, uh, he didn't know how to turn the stove on. So we ate. Uh, there was a place that had uh, four hot dogs for a dollar back in the day, um, and they had these really cool slushy things that had like these little round pebble ice um, and it's kind of like a slurpy type setup and that's what we ate literally like three or four days a week was you know two hot dogs order fries and a slurpy for like two bucks that was, that was uh, we didn't grow up with a lot of money four dogs for a dollar that had to have been after World War II oh thanks I appreciate that I'm not that old but yeah they had it was three for a dollar four for a dollar something like that it was real cheap uh, you know and they um, pretty good you know but it was it was one of those older uh, dive type places we would call it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, think about what sells uh, on your car. Try it. I mean, if it don't work, I mean, don't worry about it. One thing I tell people: a good thing about uh, what I'm carrying now, a little bit as add-ons, uh, it's got long shelf life. So you know, you carry it around for a while. And um, oh, another thing I've noticed on hot dog carts is you, you're like me, Ben. I stop at every one. Uh, we're kind of like moths to lights when it comes to hot dog carts. We'll spot them and pull over and go eat a hot dog even if you're not hungry. If I could, I could literally just eat lunch 
and find a hot dog cart that I didn't know was there, and I'll probably pull in and order a hot dog. Uh, be sure you're checking and rotating your chips. Uh, I own a vending company, so I'm big on rotating stuff out. Um, but these um, chips, if you're not careful, you're just filling in the holes every day when you get back to the commissary or whatever. Check your date. Because you're and you're not even unless you pay attention to how you're pulling them back off the chip clip when you're giving them to customers, you're not rotating your inventory enough. Yeah. So be careful about that. Uh, I, I, that's one of my pet peeves, and I run into that a lot uh, when I go to a hot dog cart and I get one of their combo meals. I get out of date chips, and I know it ain't their fault. I was, probably they're not buying it out of date or anything. It's just they're not paying attention to rotating products. Um, but and their chip clips, well, they're as good as they are. I love them. I got four of them. I use them. They are pretty tough to manage when it comes to rotating because it's not like a first-in, first-out system where you right. got them in order, you know, kind of thing. So it's kind of random. Uh, but you got to watch your dates with those. So don't forget that uh, when people are uh, using the chip clips or any chip method. Uh, I don't care how you do it. You've got to check your dates. And I was out of date chips. I wanted to share something with you all. I was in court. Um, in fact, I think I talked to Jason when, as soon as I walked out. He had called me. Um, but I was in court the other day. Um, uh, I have a uh, an ex-wife that doesn't like to pay child support. And when I came out, there was a vendor. You know, I went in in the morning and came out three hours later, and there was a vendor out there. And he, uh, I walked up to him and, and started speaking with him. And he's been there uh, a way. He's been vending for 14 years. And I said, um, do you do pretty good? And it was almost I could have I could have um won money if someone would have bet me what his response was. But <laughs> I know what he's gonna say, but go ahead. I I'm listening. No no sir, I um I I pay you know, he told me this ridiculous amount he pays for rent, which isn't true, and I think it was eighteen hundred a month or something, and he said and I don't um you know, my permit's $500 and this and that, and I don't have um, any um, any customers anymore. Um, for the last three years, no customers here. I'll go to the new courthouse. The new courthouse is busier, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and I said, well, so why aren't you at the new courthouse? And he goes, well, I just, I've been here so long, I don't want to change. And, you know, I said, <laughs> Courthouse is like a block and a half away. It ain't like. <laughs> I said, let me tell you, let me introduce myself. You know, I said I'm Ben. I said, you know, we manufacture carts and and we have a little blog. I'd like to interview you, and I'll I'll have him on with a little video later. I'll get it edited up. But I said, um, I, I kind of warmed up to him and told him who I was and wasn't looking to become his competition. And he opened right up and he goes, Oh yes, yes, I. I I get so many use some publicity um, that come up every day and around and they they feel that's they gonna get a hot dog. Ben, you're cutting. Ben, you're cutting in and out a little bit. Okay. They uh, um, like fading back and forth, back and forth fading. Okay. Well, anyway, he said he said that. Um, you know, people keep coming up every, you know, it's it every day, and he's got a, a typical response. He doesn't answer questions. Um, he serves Boar's Head and has his menu with the Boar's Head logo, his menu. And he said that he gives the typical response because he's just an employee of Boar's Head. Let's get paid $7 an hour to stand here. 
and served all, and that's rid of them. Um, and so because I didn't ask him how much he made, he didn't give me that typical response. But he gave me the typical poor mouth. You know, I did a blog about the poor mouth, and we talked about it on the show. But it was neat, to, you know, to, to to warm up to him and and to get to know him a little bit. And I'll share that with y'all later. But I wanted to share it with you just because it was hilarious um, the way he made it sound like he had been there for years not making any money and couldn't even pay it. Yeah. I hear oars and all kinds of stuff going. Hey, folks, we about two minutes left. Um, I want to thank Jason and Rob for joining us. I want to thank Jason for sharing all that information he shared with us tonight. That was amazing. Um, we're going to cut loose and run over to the the FVA um theme song that Rob Harper did for us. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. If you have any questions, remember to call into the um, caller feedback line. You're welcome to email me anytime at ben at benscarts.com and check out the blog at learnhotdogs.com. Thanks for um, joining us. Y'all have a good evening. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. See you, Rob. See you, Ben.
by the letter H and the number 4. Tune in next week for more of the very best vendor information money can buy on HDVR. Radio.